0: Well, hello again. Welcome to another edition of the Real Estate Investing Foundation podcast with Jason and Peely. You are again just stuck with Jason because Peely's out there making it happen and also uh, taking three kids out there with her. So, today we are super excited. We have a great show. If you want to talk multifamily syndication in all different aspects, well, today is your show because we have Sterling White
1: on the program.
0: Sterling, how are you?
1: All right, let's bring
0: it. There we go. Eddie,
1: you're thanks you're for the intro. Good, good. Well, a
0: little bit more about Sterling. Sterling is an investor and business owner on a mission to make the world a better place through principled and efficient real estate investment. And before he did transition to multifamily, Stone's already been involved in purchasing and selling over 100 single family properties. And today he focuses purchasing income, producing multifamily properties by scaling his 300 plus unit portfolio across the nation through the company he co- co-founded Holdfolio. And the success of portfolios technology gave birth to Syndication Pro. We'll touch on that today. A fast-growing all-in-one software solution empowering investors to efficiently and easily raise capital online. So, Sterling, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate all of this that you're going to bring to the show today. But before we can jump into that, how did you get started?
1: Guys, I well, we can go all the way back to the elementary days. Well, so we can start there. I've always had the entrepreneurship bug. So growing up in the not so good parts of the city where I didn't uh, lower income, so we didn't have enough money to basically buy the things that I wanted in a way, which is had enough to cover the rent. So I had to figure out a way ultimately to get those things. So that's where the whole entrepreneurship uh, spirit kind of engraved in me, elementary. Anything I could get my hands on, uh, I would sell starting with Kool-Aid. That was my very first product. And then it was Pokemon cards and then it just kind of grew from there. But how I got started into real estate was I just fell into it, I guess going into the spiritual side, but don't want to go into that is the universe ultimately. And yeah, it was uh, on the construction and I'd get my hands dirty with the, the brick laying and assisting on that and wanted to really get more into the investing side. And that's when I'm in a mentor and then uh, kind of just everything snowballed from there, had all these single families and made the shift to multifamily just over the past couple of years.
0: Wow. There's a lot we can dig into there. So yeah. let's, let's touch <laughs> You You start being a bricklayer and lots of times when you start that process and you start just working, you never stop. So, so what was it that allowed you to say, okay, I'm doing the work. Okay. I get this, but I need to find other vehicles that can provide me income. So I'm not that out there working with my hands every day.
1: Gosh, I would say that was definitely a grind working in that uh, specific sector. It's quite a bit. But also, I was all getting into the self-development and also reading books about, hey, where do you ultimately build the long-term wealth and also sustainability? And that's where the whole investing side came. The, the cash flow, saw all the benefits, read rich, uh, rich dad, poor dad. And then he talks a lot about real estate as well. So that's kind of where the doors open that, hey, I like the construction side. Well, not so much liked it, but let me make this shift over to more of being a investor.
0: And you jump in, you start buying homes. And what you really mentioned in there is that before you did that, you found a mentor that could help guide you along your path. Do you remember how you came
1: upon that mentor and if you were searching it or it just happened? Uh, That's another interesting thing about the universe, (laughs) but it kind of just worked itself out. This mentor was actually at a CrossFit gym of mine, and I always overheard him uh, over discussions about he was doing development of historical multifamily, but looking to further uh, diversify himself from multifamily to single family. And I said, hey, what could I help you with in your business? What need I am willing to work for you for free. And that's one thing that a lot of people thought I was crazy for doing that. But, oh gosh, the, what I learned, I was able to compact 20 plus years of that person's experience into about two and two and a half uh, years for myself working with them.
0: Wow. Wow. And that, see, that, that's right, right? When you put your mind just to work and you say, I want to do something you start real. It's like, it's like when you want to go buy a car, right? And all of a sudden you, you find that car, and all of a sudden, all around you, you see that
1: car everywhere, but you start focusing on it, right? What is uh, it? So the, the reticular activation system. That's right. That's yes. right, exactly <laughs> right.
0: And so you jump in, you start really growing, and you, and you take everything that, that that person, and the good part about this is, you find a good mentor who's out there doing it. It helps you not only learn the process, but avoid all the pitfalls that others have taken. Exactly. And you almost leapfrog yourself into this environment where you can jump into something and just really start to excel because you've seen, okay, well, I get it. I don't have to learn the hard way. I don't have to go out there and make a thousand mistakes, even though we still do as we grow. But on that fact, I mean, that's awesome. And you jump into single-family homes. Was there a moment when you said, okay, that, that, that's good enough, let's, let's go the multifamily route.
1: I would say when we were both my partner and I, so that, that, that mentor was my first partner, but I ended up outgrowing that relationship and found my current. And we owned just a just little under 150 single families and we had all this management. Those are very labor intensive on the management side. And so at that time we said, okay, how do we really scale things efficiently and where do we want to go as far as our goals? Did we want to own a thousand single families in the next two, three years or the multifamily side? So purchase four to six unit and things really just click from that point on.
0: So let's talk about that first purchase. How would you find it? Would you tell us a little bit more about how you put it together and how you made it happen.
1: So this is all off market. I love off market, direct to the owner. One thing I would really mention to everyone is, even though when you're in buying mode, you're still in sale mode, and that means selling yourself. So uh, this specific individual, we saw. I I ended up driving the property, saw that it needed work, and pull public record and uh, basically skip trace the 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 LLC that was the owner of that asset, and called them up and. We started the the dialogue from then on. Luckily, they were motivated because they were actually, this was their last property out of all their multifamily holdings. So you, you
0: found a property, it has distress. You go into public records, find the LLC and skip trace the LLC and pick up the phone and, and call the individual. And, and what do you say?
1: Hey, I uh, I have the track record in terms of I purchased these single family. So you have to sell yourself to that uh, specific seller why they should uh, sell to you. So that was one thing. And it was, hey, very interested in purchasing your apartment community. We're able to close in less than 90 days. Would you consider on selling? So that's kind of how it went. But luckily that person was just in a state where, yeah, I'm ready to sell.
0: Now let's talk in a high level for people that maybe haven't Analyze multifamily property. So you have that conversation. What do you ask for from the owner so you can make them a reasonable or the right offer?
1: Yeah, so this person uh, Actually had the the property listed. I think it was years ago and things didn't work out so well So one thing that they mentioned initially was hey, I need you guys to put down two hundred thousand dollars money hard day one in order for me to talk to you So that's one thing we had to overcome and we were able to get that and then Uh, Secondly, what was your other question? What was your first question?
0: Yeah, so once you were able to put the money down hard, what documents, or what did you ask from them so you could go there and and make them a viable offer?
1: Gotcha. So we needed a updated rent roll, the most current, and then also T12, which is a trailing 12 uh, financials associated with the property profit and uh, a loss. And then from that standpoint, we did the underwriting and said, okay, we're willing to purchase this at, let's say an eight cap okay, this is what it looks like, uh, based upon the, the actuals.
0: So you, you buy this complex and now it, it was hold folio in, in the works when you had the single family homes or did that come from building up the multifamily business?
1: Uh, it was the, the whole folio, the, the single families. So That's we cool. leveraged all of that, the management, uh, our investors that we also, uh, had, uh, partner with us on those deals that we transitioned to the, uh, we had that to transition to multifamily.
0: And so now today as you're growing your multifamily business, you're, you're in Indianapolis, right? And now you're buying in other markets uh, beyond just driving the properties and, and finding properties in distress in, in the public records. Are there What other avenues are you using to find uh, off-market
1: properties? So it's pounding the phones! <laughs> right. So that's one me- that's one mechanism, but it's about being creative in your follow-up. So there's personal visits. Uh, let's say the person, you're just not able to get in touch with them after four or five times, or maybe they're not interested. Uh, on the multifamily side, I say it's more of a long term, uh, and there's longer cycles in terms of the, the buying process and also the sales process, I would say, in a way. So it's uh, the, the cold call, there's the personal visits, and also incorporating direct mail campaigns, too, is very powerful. That's great. And
0: you've grown from zero to 300 units in three years. Now, is this excluding the
1: single family homes? Uh, I would say we're just a little under 400, including the single family homes on the multifamily 249 or 250 is where we're at. And that's uh, in less than two years. So you have the 46 unit. What does the next
0: deal look like?
1: The next deal was we jumped up to a 50 unit. And then an eighty unit after that, and then another eighty unit. And you're
0: you're using syndication to buy all these properties, correct?
1: Uh, just my own cash. Did <laughs> no, you?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah he's actually giving us all the money to buy ours too. So so we're good on that. So anybody who wants the money to go buy apartment buildings, we'll get Sterling's <laughs> phone number after. Text them, call them. No, please don't do that. I'm just no, 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 But yes, so we're all using syndication out there, so we can all grow from the kinds of scale. If You've been able to grow a great investor network based on track record records and others. Talk to us about how you're continuing to grow your investor platform.
1: Yeah, so it's doing things such as this: uh, connecting with like-minded individuals who are influencers in the industry and being of value. So it's all about reverse engineering, finding out who your uh, invest your ideal investor is, and determining where their their eyeballs are and also where their ears. And then you want to position yourself to be of value. So that is leveraging sites such as Bigger Pockets, where I'm a blog contributor, uh podcast, and there's also networking events, and friends and family. If yeah, you provide excellent returns to someone, then they're going to recommend you to everyone else. So that's a very powerful one, that last one too.
0: Now, with your uh, syndications today, is your focus a long-term hold, or what's the focus of usual your, your buy and
1: So buy and hold until we die. Great,
0: great. Now with that talk track with investors, you know, typically they want their money back at some time, right? So, so how do how do you have that talk track that makes it so they can understand why you want to keep the properties for such a duration?
1: Yeah. And that's one thing I would mention to everyone is to ensure that the investors that you're bringing on the interest are aligned. So one thing that we do do is we have a phone call with everyone who signs up uh, to invest alongside us. And that is a very transparent conversation to determine what their, invest, uh, what their goals are. So it's qualifying questions. If someone says they're looking to get in, get out, then that's not an ideal uh, partner for us. But outside of that, we mentioned, hey, we're, we're buying hold for the long term to achieve really those uh, tax benefits. And then that's when uh, we kind of go from there. We we do have a horizon five to seven years. This is when because uh, that's basically how you want to calculate your IRR internal rate of return. So we'll say okay, this is what it look like in that time period that we if we were to sell or a refinance, which we're more leaning towards refinance on our deals.
0: Oh, that's amazing. And we're under the same mindset, right? It's all its all great to uh, to get the property and then people want to look at the sale, but there's so many advantages to be able to hold for the long term. Now with your businesses growing so quickly, what's something you're working on right now to just, what's with, with the growing pains that you're focusing on right now and how are you overcoming it?
1: I'd say the management side is always tough, especially if you're doing in-house management. As you scale and uh, put on more units, you Uh, you just have to find the right people to be on your team. So, uh, you as an operator is not in the trenches, making all these decisions. So for us, one really good hire we recently made was a chief operating officer who has extensive experience in terms of the property management side. So now everything goes up to her versus previously, everything was going up to my partner. So that's one thing is having the right team. And so that was a a growing pain is the, the scale side. And then also another pain is the market is getting very tight across the country. So we're having to expand to other markets in order to find deals to where the numbers work and there's cash flow.
0: So looking at markets that you're focusing on today, what stands out to you to say, okay, we're going to go into that market? What metrics are you looking for?
1: Yeah, so we like to see economics on the high level. Are there large corporations that are doing business there? Is it uh, business friendly, Uh, specifically going more niche? Uh, is it landlord-tenant friendly? Is it more tenant friendly, like uh, some places like Chicago, where it could be up to six months for an eviction? Or is it more like Indianapolis or uh, Louisville, Kentucky, where it's up to about 30 days is the latest? So those are the things. And then uh, also, is it the, the population growing or is it on a decline? Uh, so those are the parameters. And then we go niche into the neighborhood to determine what's the crime, and then Uh, all those other uh, criteria.
0: So as you continue to expand here, what's the the focus now over the next three to five years of your company?
1: That is a great question. So me, I take it more of a year by year. Next year, we're just solely on the multifamily side, wanting to bring on 500 additional units. And really, we want to Uh, scale because right now our niche has been between about 50 to 150 units we would want to go bigger but of course the the bigger you go with the multifamily the more sophisticated and a lot of those more sophisticated uh, operators aren't going off market route
0: (laughs) yeah especially right now right now and you're using third-party management for for people out there who are trying to find a good property manager, they, they handle their properties. What's something you look at from a property management standpoint?
1: Gosh, that is something we just recently did too with the apartment in uh, Louisville is we brought on a, a third party uh, property management company. First is we do an initial screening of, okay, uh, what their cost would be to turn a specific unit, uh, for instance. So if they're saying, Uh, For specific flooring, it's going to be – because we know our costs since we've done it so many times. But if they give us an overinflated uh, price from the get-go, then that's one – we would say a red flag that they're going to be overcharging us on uh, really nickel and diming us. And then also we're looking for referrals. So one thing, once we expanded to the Louisville market, myself, when I was doing the digging on all of these apartments – I saw that one company was the one that was managing and then was able to get referrals from other investors that, okay, this is a good property management company. Referrals is huge.
0: Absolutely. And is there a point or a growth period where you would now bring back in all of your property management?
1: I would say that is a great question. And about, yeah, that's a great question. I would say the, the 80 unit at some point in time, we would want to bring that on as, as soon as possible in a way in terms of in-house and self-managing that. But in terms of scale, if we had multiple hundred units, then we, from the get-go, we would have self-managed that. But smaller than that, we third party.
0: So let's, let's take this one step further. Uh, let's talk, because you, you have both sides. People would like to manage your properties and people who are just, no, no, no way. I don't want anything to do with it. It's not, not my wheelhouse. So let's talk to why you would want to bring that in. What are the advantages of, of holding property management in-house?
1: Yeah, so the, the biggest advantages, of course, is no one's gonna manage your property like you're gonna manage your property. And hopefully you are a good operator, because some people do say that, but they're terrible managers. So that's one thing you also got to be self aware about and uh yeah I would say that's it and then the the interests are more in, are more aligned so you know what uh, well especially if you have a track record you know what your costs are going to be and you have more control over that element too as uh, more times when you're doing third party is they may be a little bit more incentivized because they've got all these other properties that i got to manage. So you just, uh, I think it just comes overall to the more control.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that. And it's, it's great focus, right? I mean, that's, it's a solid point. You're never going to get the management from others as you want your property to be perceived and act but you got to make sure you're a good operator. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, That's what I'm If you're not a good operator, then that, that whole thing is you better just source it out to the third party and then listen to exactly. that about three minutes ago when he was telling you how to find the right property manager. But with that said, as you're growing this out, what's your big why for doing all this?
1: Oh gosh. I, I don't want to get I, all teary out or anything, but it's my, my daughter is a big why she's my little angel. She's six going on 13, uh, parents who are listening in would know exactly what I mean. And there is, I would say the environment that I was in too, is a huge driver, lower income crime. I could have went this direction, but I ended up going this direction. So I want to be the ideal for people that are there that, Hey, you don't have to go this route, which is what a lot of uh, those uh, individuals tend to do that. You can, I'm ideal that you can go this way and still be of success. And I, and I have a blueprint for you. And then it's just, I, the another driver is we're not going to be on this earth too much, so might as well just live it the best I can. Sure, and that's doing big things.
0: That's <laughs> right. That's right. So, if we have a person who's listening today that maybe hasn't gotten started yet, maybe they're in that point where they're stuck in the environment, they're out there doing a the construction job, but they just they can't get over the hurdle. What's an actual step they can take right now to start their real estate journey?
1: Gosh, I would say, man, the Uh, biggerpockets.com I would say go on there and create a profile it's completely free and just research ultimately because first gosh yeah that's a trying to think because you have to basically become self-aware which I would say I would recommend reading all the various models buy and hold uh, fix and flipping and then from that route then just pick one of those avenues, and just go all in on it. So, if you know what you knew today, would you have started with the single families or
0: jumped right into multifamily?
1: Knowing uh, what I know today, hmm. man, I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> That's a great one. Ah, because I would say the single family ultimately was able to give me not only the the confidence, but also again the track record to jump into the multifamily, but now that I'm in multifamily, yeah, I would ah, that's a great one. I just jump in multifamily, I would say. Good. Good. Well, go, no, go big. But I, yeah, yeah, go big. But for those of you who are not as ambitious or don't want to go as big, then starting with single family is completely fine. Do with if, if you want to have a small portfolio and then you can live off that, then go that route. But uh depending on where you want to go. Sure. Your needs in mind. And Let's talk
0: a little bit about your your self-growth. Do you have a morning routine? And if so, what is it?
1: Yeah, so one is I I wake up and also before I go to sleep, I I write my goals out. That's one thing I do. And then also, I really, uh, it's more on the the drives. I just think, uh, I just have a a gratitude moments. And that's of all the things that I'm grateful for. Healthy daughter, I'm healthy, got a great team around me. And that really puts things in perspective of, hey, Sterling, uh, I, I know you things are, are life is about the, the ups and downs. But ultimately, you, you should be grateful or you be grateful, but also know that there's bigger and better things that you can go for or are going for.
0: So you've given us a lot of this, but I'll ask if there's anything that stands out that are some words you live by.
1: I would say it's by an old gentleman by the name of Earl Nightingale, which is we become what we think about. Love that. And what you think about exactly what it is, that quote. That's been my favorite. I would say he, in terms of my mindset, really shaped who I am today because that's when I was making that transition to be a little bit lost in life, started getting on his recordings, which these are super old. These were CDs. And I listened to it so many times it started to scratch but that but that really helped is in, in investing in yourself because you are a sure bet instead of all the the cars and things material things that you don't get a ROI they depreciate over time
0: that's amazing, and thank you for that. And Sterling, we, we celebrate all your successes. This has been a ton of fun. I've learned a ton. I'm going to go out there and start just pulling some public records, start hitting the phones myself there, because i got to keep up with Mr. Sterling. <laughs> you know, this is amazing, Sterling. Thank you so much for your time today. No, thank you. If you want to reach out, hear more about what you're doing for a syndication platform or others, how do we find you?
1: Yeah, so you can find me at, uh, at co, not .com or on bigger pockets, and what the millennials like to say, slide into my DM and uh, send me whatever uh, message you have and I'm more than happy to to be of value. That's incredible,
0: Sterling. Thank you so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. All right, have a good day. Bye now. Thanks for tuning into the REI Foundation Podcast. Check back next time for more awesome tips and strategies to launch your new you in real estate.